This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Indeed, with our panel, Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Godet, and John Carmichael. And I said I wanted to save the uh, sex ed discussion so that it got a reasonable airing as opposed to being curtailed in four minutes. Uh, so we've got, we've got about ten. And uh, we can fill all of it or we can fill some of it. We'll see. But I've said on the air continuously for the last couple of weeks that uh, although it was, I think, a political imperative for Doug Ford, the sex ed is going to be, of all the things that he's done so far with the new government, the one that comes back um, with a vengeance, the closer we move to the beginning of the school year, which is, let's face it, about three weeks away now. So what, what we've got is uh, a new chapter every day. And the chapter yesterday was um, the, the head of uh, ETFO, the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, Sam Hammond. And he represents 83,000 teachers saying, we will defend any teacher who, is, uh, f- who finds themselves in trouble for teaching the current curriculum, not the one from 1998. So that's yesterday. And today, uh, in what I can only describe, I mean, I'm not a a new Democrat, but I got to tell you, uh, Andrea Horvath had quite a line. Uh, She was uh, pummeling the Ford government with questions about sex ed. And uh, she said, she asked Doug Ford, whatever she asked him. And he said, the uh, NDP is ignoring the reports our kids uh, get that say they can't do math. And Horvath fired back that uh, they, they can't do math if they've been raped. Let me throw it to you uh, to begin with, Alyssa. Uh, have we seen the end of this discussion, or are we just seeing the beginning? We've only just begun. You know, uh, when I heard uh, Andrew Horvath's line, you know, I don't remember Andrew Horvath actually being so vocal all the time that she's been sitting. She was never the leader of the opposition. Well, true enough, but still, you know, uh, she certainly has a viewpoint and uh, nobody's going to keep her quiet. So, and that goes with the, the unions, that goes with the teachers, and, you know, that filters down to parents and there are some people who fall on the side of, yes, I'd like the curriculum changed, but and then there's uh, others that are saying, no, we can't change them. And, and the basic premise that I think that people are very worried about is that we're not teaching in our this day and age, we're not teaching our children how to protect themselves. And that's the part of the curriculum that they're not being taught that worries me. There are other parts that are very, very sensitive and contentious. But the one thing, you know, I've been listening to the conversations throughout the summer and from different interest groups and from different experts, and the one takeaway is is that whenever kids are learning about sex ed or health, the one thing is that they, that they take away is, I now know that I can say no. And I think that's a really important lesson. And with all the external factors that kids are exposed to now throughout social and digital media and just, you know, peer pressure, which is amped up to next level, they have to be taught those skills. And I think that, you know, if you're going to create this argument about the sex ed curriculum and your dislike of taking it away, and I think that if those people who are opposing it, you know, if I were to counsel them, I would sort of narrow in on that one message because that is a message that is really, really hard to refute, that not teaching our kids how to take care of themselves. 
Well, that's that's the argument that's being made by all of the groups that uh, would intervene. So it includes teachers. Right now we're up to 24 school boards saying we're not going to teach this uh, curriculum. We've got a group of LGBTQ parents who are challenging uh, the thing through the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal. And that's just the beginning because we're in the dog days of summer. We haven't got parents back and really considering what's going on. What's going to happen here, Kevin Goodett? Well, we're going to have a whole bunch of teachers who are going to go rogue and do whatever the hell they want. And I I can imagine in 2014 when they changed the curriculum of teachers that ignored the new curriculum and did whatever the hell they wanted then, that there would have been a giant uproar. Um, so I look forward to what's going to happen when these teachers, and this will be the conundrum that the, the Ford government is presented with, when these teachers uh, aren't doing what they're required to do, uh, whether or not they're fired uh, or, or how they're dealt with. That, that's the actual problem that this government's going to face, that it's created for itself because it's, it's kind of left a little bit up in the air with what the expectations from teachers will be, and they're expected to follow a curriculum. They've been told the curriculum is, and they won't. So now there's going to be a standoff between those teachers and the government. So when Alyssa says we were just seeing the beginning, we're going to see a lot of that over the fall because I can see a whole bunch. I can imagine a whole bunch of teachers going out of their way to even video and proclaim that they're using the the, the recently removed curriculum and that they will put it in the in the face of the Ford government. And he's not one to be known for being shy and responding. Well, what's interesting, Kevin, and, and I'll, I'll go over to, uh, to John on this one, is, is to your point, uh, the Ford government has said this is what we're going to do, but there has been, as I understand it, no directive issued from the ministry that's been received by school boards at this point, so nobody is really knowing what to distribute or what to instruct as far as teachers are concerned, what are they supposed to do? And um, uh, John, you know, I, I'll, I'll put to you what I've been saying on the air the past couple of weeks. I'm a supporter. I'm a PC, and uh, and I think that most of what I'm seeing coming out of Queen's Park this summer is pleasing to me. But I, I really wish that on this particular subject, what they'd done, because they had the time at the beginning of July when they made the announcement, is put a blue ribbon panel together in the ministry, say, look, let's modify or blue pencil the parts of the 2015 curriculum that are uh, causing people some angst, and let's leave it at that, distribute that for uh, for use over the course of the next year, and let's still do the consultation from September onward with parents and get a 2019 curriculum going, as opposed to going back to something that predates the Internet, predates the bullying issues that go with the Internet, predates sexting, predates all of that stuff. What do you think? No, I think you're absolutely right, Peter. It's a... Uh it's a lack of leadership right now that is uh, <clears throat> it's leaving a void for the teachers and all those that are against uh, any type of change um, to uh, to just wallow in this thing and they're creating their own um, they're creating the agenda and I think that it's Mr. Ford's responsibility to get his minister in place with a, uh, a very quick solution that will take this off the table. And I think you're right. If it's a blue ribbon panel that slows down the process, uh, whether it's 1998 or 2014, I, I, there's no way we're going back to 1998. But somewhere between 2014 and 2015, there's a balance in what uh, I think Mr. Ford wants. And I think his, uh, his Minister of Education has got to take a leadership role here and start to define the, uh, the agenda and, and take control of the messaging. And if they can do that, slow the process down, get the consultation in place, then I think we'll have an opportunity to uh, have a productive dialogue as best we can.
So let's go around the table. Back to you, Alyssa. I think you were going to speak anyway. Yeah. Do, you, do you foresee um, some kind of, um, I won't call it a new directive, but a more specific form of directive coming from either Ford or his minister, Lisa Thompson, in the next week, two weeks, saying, look, here's what we're going to do. We've had some discussion and dot, 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 fill in the blanks, uh, and, and that it's going to deviate from this 1998 idea? Well, I hope so, because, you know, what the Ford government does is that they have been very successfully setting the agenda. They've had announcement after announcement after announcement. They've been absolutely filling the news cycle. So not to set the agenda in a process-oriented uh, sort of way around the sex ed curriculum seems a little bit counterintuitive that this isn't happening. So, you know, what I would like to see, and I think that everybody would welcome some sort of message, you know, rather than a directive, but some sort of message or some sort of guidance. You know, you have teachers sitting on here on the one hand going, well, we're going to teach what we're going to teach. And that's basically because nobody has set any parameters. So if you're going to make change and you're going to try and incur something where people can meet in the middle, they absolutely have to set the agenda because right now the agenda is being set for them and now they have to react. And anytime you have to react, you have to give and you have to take and you have to make concessions. So that is not a position that I believe uh, the Ford government wants to be in. And it distracts from all the good work you're doing and all the other announcements you talked about. Exactly. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, Kevin, um, maybe you you would um, have an opinion on. In fact, I'm sure you do have an opinion on this. As soon as you um, put the uh, the button on your lips, which they did on this about uh, three four weeks ago. This is what we're doing. We're going to 1998. Then they tried saying 2014, which is de facto 1998. And since then, other people have been doing the talking. This has got to change, and there has to be something definitive coming from Queens Park. No. Yeah, I, excuse me, I, I agree completely that uh, this is the biggest weakness in the bigness area of mistakes of this conservative government, that uh, they haven't taken the agenda on this. They've led the agenda in so many other areas uh, on promises they, they said that they would keep, and they have. But this one, the, the devil's in the details, and they haven't pushed it in detail. They, they haven't controlled the communications, and they haven't controlled the communications because they haven't had the content. And when they do that, 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 that silence on their end is being filled by their opponents, and it's going to come in spades as soon as the kids are back to school uh, four weeks, three weeks. Well, it can't come soon enough for me as a parent, but whenever that is, <laughs> shortly the after Labor Day. most wonderful time of the year, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we've gotten through the serious stuff, so I think we're going to take a break. And when we come back, maybe we'll discuss something um, uh, as serious as outdoor open-air urinals, where you're to- I'm not quite totally exposed, but near to it. Paris has done it. Why not Toronto? I am Peter Sherman with the panel. The panel is Alyssa Freeman, Kevin Godette, and John Carmichael.